today's episode. It's the story of one man and his obsession with his phallus. Under every pillow there'll be a glitter gun, just in case. It's a big orange squilly o'clock. <laughs> you're not visible from space, are you, if you're above ground? <laughs> do in their free time. It's just not something that the side men are really considering. Hello and welcome to Well Done Enough and Time. I'm Alex. And I'm Andy. Hello Andy. How are you? Hello Alex. <laughs> I'm fair to middling. Okay, good. That sounds like a <laughs> positive space compared to last time. Yeah. Uh, yes, let's say yes. <laughs> let's be affirmative. Let's be affirmative. Let's yes. Yes. I think that's yeah. the way to go. So how are you, I, I just want to ask you one question. How are you faring in lockdown? La, la, yeah, la. Yeah, so proud of that, aren't you? <laughs> well, we're heading out again shortly. And when we go into lockdown, we do proper <laughs> lockdown. We do lockdown that involves being locked down and not being encouraged to go out for meals and the like. So, oh yes. no, we, we 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 play the eat out to get sick game. It's yeah, it sounds like a really good one. Yeah. Well, we personally don't play it because we don't play any game set by this government. No siree. <laughs> yes, so, but let's no, not go into all nice of that. To, to get back to work again because I feel it really is shit trying to make connections. I've had a new guy start during this lockdown. And I just oh, feel yeah. awful for him because he just he just doesn't know who anyone is, and I feel his pain because I was going through the exact same thing last time. So yeah, that's nice hard, isn't it? In the office. Yeah, you just like, I don't even know who to ask because I don't know anyone's name, and I'm just stuck here on my own, hoping someone will help me. So, yes, yes, me. yes. They kind of look sharp. Yes. How about you? So, Are you um, loving I've... lockdown. So much. Or I love having no work. Yes. <laughs> so basically, that's the that is the only impact almost to you guys is the fact that the only impact impact is I have no I, income. <laughs> no, exactly. It's a huge one. It's a massive one. But like in every other way, life is normal. It's just you're unable to earn any money. It's just yeah. It's yeah, bizarre. or travel anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I have got for the first time recently some online possibility of things. Work with oh, Ottawa. Good. And work with Vienna. Oh, but, good. Um, Hopefully yes, people are more just... open to that idea now because it's been forced upon us. I hope so. We'll see. But I'm waiting for word back. But this goes out in November, so I might have even done the work by then. <laughs> will have done and got a whole new online business underway. Yes! Absolutely. So, Al, what yes. have you been watching? No, I fucked that up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What have you been watching on TV? I've just been watching the latest series of Wentworth. Have you started that yet? Has it come to you guys yet? I never know what series I'm on because I've got the the DVD box set of season seven. Right. And I don't know what one that is. That's not the one I have. I'm on season eight. We've got Anne Reynolds. Oh, wow. Judy Bryan. We've got Kath Maxwell. Oh, wow. So good. We've got Reb. Reb's joined. Oh, good stuff. Brilliant. Yes. Although in our Prisoner Cellbook 8 update, we are now on episode 302. We finally resumed watching it again. 
Oh, so so I think it, the last I think was it Seeds of Death time that you had last been watching it. So yeah. it's been quite a hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly. I don't think I'll ever watch all of them before I die again. No. Unbelievable <laughs> that your mates have watched it the, as much as they have. Yes. Several times, I think, yeah. Awful. Yes. But yeah, no, okay, what else have I been watching? I have started watching Teenage Bounty Hunters. Definitely doesn't sound like your bag. Um, no. No. Oh, really nothing of interest. I do apologise. Yes, well, I've got a good one for a chain. Yes. I have been watching a brilliant series called Giri Haji. Ooh. Give me the spell. Very fair. G I R I. And then a slash. And I like these to say when that was new, when they were reading out website names. Haji, H-A-J-I. It's a Japanese-UK co-production. And it's partly set in Tokyo, but mainly set in London. And it's about a detective and his daughter and also his his brother that he thought was dead, but isn't dead. And it's a web of of intrigue. Is it? But it's it's fantastic. It's okay. fantastic. It's really, really good. It's so beautifully artistically done, and yeah, a real surprise because I was like, oh, I don't want to watch that. It looks shit. <laughs> I remember being really, I remember being really annoyed by the first opening scene. I was like, well, I don't. If he's the lead, I don't want to watch it. Exactly. It was just someone who was like someone who was just about to get killed, so it was actually no bearing on anything. Great. <laughs> pleased, in fact. But honestly, it's so good. And do you know what? It's on Netflix. Oh. Oh well it is well it's on Netflix in the UK. I, I don't think know if that means. Generally it's, on it's fairly universal. There doesn't tend to be oh, much okay. that we don't get, so that's brilliant. I highly recommend it. It's so well done and it's really fast and neat and beautiful and Ooh. occasionally goes into animation and stuff and it's lovely. The Japanese-ness of it is lovely. Oh, yes. nice. Oh, it's subtitles nice. partly. But, um, as long as I haven't downloaded it and then the subtitles bit is missing, I can cope with subtitles. Oh, wow. I just, I've seen so many films where like there's like a huge chunk in Spanish and like I've just no idea what's going on. So, yes, mm. it is It is quite nice when... Oh, Kelly MacDonald, who I like. Yeah, she's brilliant. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, it's very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm the watching. guy who plays the, um, the male prostitute, um, <laughs> I don't know why I suddenly went very proper, um, he got the Best Supporting Actor BAFTA this year okay Who and he that, is then? fantastic i don't know what he's called but he's fantastic he's really good okay good I yes shall, i shall watch watch it and now i know it's called giri hadji not girl hadji you know when you see something <laughs> out the corner of your eye so for ages i was calling it girl hadji which is just weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool not good not girl hadji no, no. good no, that's right it. that's your lot can't give you any more Gosh. What the flap? <laughs> I've got my suspicions. There's a big black swooping thing coming down from the windy skies. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Christie's board this Yes. Oh wait, no, no, she's flying away again. She's not stopped. She's gone. <laughs> she's gone. She's, she's not stopped. She's gone away. 
Oh my god. Wow. I think she got the Christy vibes. Wow. Oh, well, wow, the cat gets the Christy vibes a lot. <laughs> the cat went up <laughs> on the, uh, the roof the other day. Um, and then we realised she's pretty rubbish as cats go because she couldn't get down. She was up there half the night. The neighbours actually came round and said, can you please get your cat down because we can't get to sleep. <laughs> she was just oh, right wow. by their, their window going, this is Leela, isn't it? We yes. Leela is certainly not a member of the Sever team. She cannot jump. She cannot do anything, <laughs> even slightly scary. And this morning, we found she was outside looking at a cat that was inside our house, sat on her chair, and she was too scared to say anything. She was like, no, you carry on. So, yeah, she's not a warrior of I the Sever team think, by any means. I think you should rename her as one of the more feebler companions. Maybe you should rename her Victoria. <laughs> she's really she can scream for anyone i must admit that would be quite yeah there you go i think she's yeah. more of a victoria waterfield i think she's more of a debs i, I can see her being a debs watts i think call debs her debs watts, watts. Yeah. it's more it's more <laughs> her thing i noticed from our show notes that we still got janet fielding down as a member of the crew on this oh that's sad. really sad she could jump up on roofs quite happily have a wee quite thing happily. yeah yeah <laughs> anyway, she's not coming back. She's gone, could be Kalyat. Oh, good. I thought you so. meant the cat, and the cat has gone too, but that was quite awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Don't dead worry. <laughs> I have got before me a book, and it's got a giant green question mark on it. <laughs> Shit. I know, and it good, says good. the second Doctor Who quiz book, not the first, not the not third, the first. but the second. Wow, good. £1.50, £1.50, and fifty pence. Yes. Compiled by Nigel Robinson. Reprinted twice in 1984 because it was so popular. Wow. So, just, just so you, you know. That's so pretty I'm gonna, impressive. It is. Doctor Who was big back then. I suppose yes. it's fairly big now. It is pretty big so, now, yeah. Pretty yes. big. So, what Doctor would you like? And then Please give me the fourth Doctor, because I really struggle with this quiz book. It's always such random <laughs> shit. <laughs> Tell me about it. I started reading one earlier, and I was like, I don't know the answers to any of these. <laughs> what a god! <laughs> uh, but it might be quite funny. I think no, I'll no. look... I'll, if, if, if you no, still get don't out, give me more Second Doctor shit. No, no, I'm not. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, got so I said if you can't get them, I'll try and get them. But I'll give Good. you the first, that first dibs. Great. <clears throat> so it's like how will you know I got them wrong? Actually, no. Should we just do the do it as co-op? Yes. Yes. First, yes, I prefer that, yeah. sweetie. Good. Yes. Okay. So it's the Adventures of the Fourth Doctor Six. Okay. Yeah. So. The first question is, and oh, we haven't said quiz, 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 <laughs> quiz. Okay, yeah, I think we got that it was a quiz, just okay, slightly. Good. What is robophobia? It's a two-part question. What is yes. robophobia? Name the two instances of it in Robots of Death. <gasps> okay, so robophobia is the... It's, it's just a fear of Beck and robots, isn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that game's like not... Yeah. Yeah. But yes, this so, book was hard. <laughs> I know. So, move a pool. Love a bit of move a pool. How apt for today. Um, yes. And um, 
the instances, are we talking about the one that was described by um, Zelda about her brother? Or was there something else? Was there, did he have robophobia? I don't know. Yeah, because he had robophobia, which is why he ran out of the Sandliner and that's why Ivanov did something. I can't remember. Oh, sure yeah. you remembered more than me. I didn't remember anything about Zelda's brother. Okay. Well, well, should we look at the answers now or later? No, let's look at later. them later, otherwise I'll make sure the other answers. Suiting. Okay. Yes. Two. Who tried to sell an alien nobleman a non-existent mine? Um, okay, I'm assuming we're talking Garen. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Yes. So that's Garen. the answer. So that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Three. Why did the TARDIS come to Zeta Minor? Fuck, where's Zeta Minor? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> right, I'll need your help on that one. Is that so the Zeta Planet of Min- Evil one? No. What? Is that Planet of Evil? No. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, hmm. was there a distress signal? Or... No, I've no fucking idea. I think there was. That's what I think it is. There's oh. some sort of distress signal. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. You're doing remarkably well so far. I know that. The next question is, who was Neiman? Dr. Neiman. Yes. Yes! Keeper of potatoes. Yes. Tending the grove and other areas on Traken. Yes! yes. Didn't, didn't, he, didn't he lead the Fosters? Were they called the Fosters? He led the Fosters and had a bit of a predilection for guns. He did. He was a bit gun gun totting. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know which is the correct way of saying that, you know. <laughs> Definitely toting. Really Definitely always toting. It's not gun totting. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh and and we enough. need to put all of the listeners out of their misery on Loosh or Lausch. It's definitely Loosh, oh, yeah. everyone. I know Good. you were all on the edge of your seat from that episode about for, a year for and a so bit long. <laughs> you sat there you waiting it for the, for the yes. definitive loosh. <laughs> Good. See, we do teaching here. Yeah. Five. Returning to what they supposed to be Earth after the defeat of Sutek, the TARDIS team materialised, leaving the Doctor and Sarah Jane stranded. Why? I don't even understand this question. Yeah, what happened? The TARDIS dematerialised, leaving the Doctor and Sarah Jane stranded. Did it? What was the next story after Pyramids of Mars? Um, Android Invasion? It didn't leave okay. them stranded. I don't know okay. that. Say the question again. Maybe we're missing an essential component. Returning to what they supposed to be Earth after the defeat of Sutek, the TARDIS dematerialised, leaving the Doctor and Sarah Jane stranded. Why? Oh, oh no it's not so it's, I, it's not in pyramids of mars it's in the no, android invasion, invasion isn't it yes yeah, so it wasn't Earth. Uh, um yeah so why did it dematerialize though was it was it under threat was it angry <laughs> i think it's because it wasn't earth so it knew it had to go to earth oh because it was the planet of sidon wasn't it yes it was yes it was so that's the answer yeah yes got there got there in the end God, I was thinking, I don't remember this bit in Pyramids of Mars. That's weird. <laughs> Six. What was the ultimate fate of the Collector on Pluto? 
He kind of went down a little chair toilet, didn't he? Oh, no, that's <laughs> chair. <laughs> chair toilet death. No, no, no. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, the gatherer was thrown off the roof. Yeah, the collector went down the chair toilet. Yes. yes. Unlikely I hope chair that's toilet the answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seven. How did Scarleone enlist Romana's aid in perfecting his time machine? Did he kind of make out like he was trying to save the world with their hunger issues, or is that what he said? Ooh, to that's good. Terensky. Yes, I wouldn't of... have got that. I thought he threatened Duggan, but I think I'm wrong. Because Romana wouldn't have done it for Duggan. No, I'm trying to think why she Okay, I think, I think it was your answer's a good right. causes thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Eight. What tale did the Kraals tell Guy Crayford to ensure his cooperation in their plans? What tale? I'm struggling with who the crawls are. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing ever so well. That's the android. That's the android invasion again. Oh, and Guy Crayford's the guy with the eye patch. He's the guy with the eye patch. Incredibly, yes. who does never remove the eye patch, and they lied about him being blind, and he just removes oh, the eye patch. He just I can never see. try. <laughs> what a twat. <laughs> um, um, so can we ask that again? I can picture a crawl now better. Victor a Kral. What <laughs> tale did the Kral's tell Guy Crayford to ensure his cooperation in their plans? Or well, maybe they'd give his eye back? Yeah, maybe. Sounds likely. I don't I'd know whether something else they made up. I'm really like a bit lost. Yeah, Android. I think your answers are better than mine today. <laughs> good. Yeah, we're really not good at that one. No, but we, uh, I'd say we need to watch it, but I really can't be asked. No. Yeah. After the destruction of the transporter ship, how did the crew on board the Ark in Space return to Earth? <gasps> using the time ring, wasn't it? Oh no, was no, it using no. the um, the transmat? And it was so, into yeah. the. Yeah, but we never saw it happen, did we? No. No, but we can assume because that's how they. We got can there. assume. Yes, yes, we can. Okay. Yes. Okay. Ten. What was the cause of mistfall on Alzarius? I feel like this is an answer where it should, you know, a question should say, show your workings. You need to write two pages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot of formula required. Um, um, I'd like to loads say of that Adric was a bit windy. <laughs> we <didn't laughs> was a bit windy. Adric's wind. I think that's better than whatever the answer's going to be, I have to say. Ooh, I really actually have no idea. I'm going to assume it's something to do with planetary orbits, but Are I don't you? know. <laughs> but just madly. Okay. Not not on based not based on any reason. Okay. Um, oh God, there must be a better reason. <laughs> Rude. Sorry. <laughs> um, wow. No. No wow. idea. Um, or is it anything to do with like the metamorphosis of the of the um, marshmen? No. Yeah, but what caused it? I don't know. You see, it's got to have some outside knickers, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's got the outside knickers. Yes, I'm very excited to get the answer to that. But yes, the outside knickers. Okay, right. So, oh, look at this. An unnatural fear of robots, Poole, whom the Doctor and Leela met, was a robophobic, as was Zilda's brother, who had died some time previously. Fuck yeah! I wouldn't have got Joe that. Alex. Well done. Number two is just simply Garen. Correct. Yes! Tick. See, we didn't offer more than that. We didn't say what story. We're just like, no, it's just Garen. Three. 
in answer to a distress call. Correct. That's why they're actually yeah. minor. The proctor of Traken and the leader of the Fosters. Yes. Did they say he was a bit gunny? They didn't, and that's their their last l- loss. Lack. Yes. Lack. <laughs> yes. Gosh. Having doubts about the location of the TARDIS's materialisation, the Doctor sets the TARDIS onto pause control. The coordinates, however, were still set for Earth. And when Sarah Jane put the TARDIS key into its lock, the pause control was cancelled and the TARDIS carried on to its original destination. That's what we said, wasn't it? Pretty much. I don't think we got the pause control perfect. <laughs> but we definitely, at, definitely at all. said it. <laughs> we definitely went on to Earth because that was the destination. So I, I, I'll give us that. Yeah. Um, six. How did the Collector die? He wound up the company's operations on Pluto and reverted to his normal form in which shape he was imprisoned by the Doctor. No, he did a chair toilet. Chair toilet, 100%. <laughs> I'm overruling the book here. Chair toilet. Yes. Chair toilet death. Right. Um, oh, he threatened to destroy Paris if she refused to cooperate. Oh, shit. I didn't think she was know. that kind because she doesn't really mm. like humans that much, does she? So, no. But yeah, I guess Paris. Yeah, no, you're right. Bugger. Okay. Right. <clears throat> So Crayford was told that the Kral saved his life in deep space when his ship malfunctioned and Earth left him to die. They claimed to have repaired his shattered body apart from his left eye, which could not be found. In reality, nothing was wrong with his spacecraft. He had not been abandoned by Earth, and even his left eye, covered by an eye patch, was complete. (laughs) So how did they convince him then? Because he was wearing an eye patch when he woke up. (laughs) No, no, no. How did they convince him to help? Like, that's not an answer. Um, yeah, we helped you and saved you, but was that it? Like, we saved you. They told him he'd been abandoned by Earth. Oh, okay. Still a bit vague, isn't it? Really is. See me, Terry Nation, for that script. See me after class. Yes. And make it better. Read. Are we giving ourselves that or not? Was that a no? I think we're giving ourselves that. Oh, good. Um, Yes, I agree. Nine. Transmat yeah. beam, correct. Yes. Ten, a periodic shifting away of the planet from its sun. This was caused by the pull of another planet. I think we got that, kind yeah, of. You definitely got that. It Planetary was, orbity a, thing. Out, outy pantsy thing or whatever it was. So we got three, four. I think we only get we only took off. one off, really. <laughs> I think we got eight. What? <laughs> I marked us and we only took one off for number seven. All right, I got eight and a half, I think. Well, I think half a point maybe for the Android Invasion thing because we didn't know about uh, pause control. Okay. Eight and a half? For the Doctor freaking quiz book's amazing. Very good. We used to yes. sit... I think this the, the pages of this look kind of quite distressed. And I think it's because we used to just weep over it because we couldn't get anything else. <laughs> <laughs> we did do incredibly well there. That was good yes. shit. Yeah, that was the quiz. Good. Okay, so I think it is time for the story du jour. Yes, let's do it. Revenge of the Cybermen. That Cybermats happened, Harry, quick. Is it a transmat beam? Quickly, if you can. It's the only way to get the poison out of my system. Has Vorus, in the madness of his vanity, brought down the vengeance of the Cybermen upon his key? You're just a pathetic bunch of tin soldiers skulking about the galaxy in an ancient spaceship. 
Okay, so Alex, first experience of revenge. Yes. Tell all. Well, this was one of those classic BBC videos with the lovely little start singy dancey music. Um, yes. One of the first that we had. Um, and really, I'm just at that point getting to grips with who Tom Baker is and who that crew are. Like, it's that early on in everything that they, they're all new and exciting for me. Um, yeah. It was, oh, it was just, it was just so important. To, it was like part of my education, I guess, in Doctor Who. It was the, it was one of those that kind of formed my love for it because I didn't prior to the the um, the video releases, all I'd really experienced was pretty shit TV. So it, it was the videos that formed the love for it, and yeah, this was just such a classic part in that there was just oh it was a joy an utter joy I, I, it is the kind of one that you can't get enough words to explain how happy it made us but it was oh utterly beautiful and yeah just yeah. the amount of times we watched it I like I was saying to Christy like it's probably like in the 50s or so the amount of times yeah. that we've watched it yeah. it was just it was just like doing nothing. Okay, let's watch Revenge. Like it just, it was just a constant and it was just a oh, beautiful story. Mm. Yes. So that's my first memories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was the second or third one I got. I can't remember whether the second or third one was Day. It was, it was one of the first three though. Mm. So we just literally go between Pyramids, Day of the Daleks and this one. It's <laughs> like endless. I never grew tired of it. Like... If you think how few times we watch some of the later ones, we just still over and over again just happily watch this. It's oh, yeah, too good. Yeah. So I just want to take you back to those metal shelves that were near the the toilet behind behind the kitchen. Ah! Remember? That? <laughs> the remember? History. Yes. yes. I do. With these big metal sort of yes. garage shelves that should be in a garage and never in a house, but we had no furniture. Yes. And it and was that door that these... was the door that you knocked me out on when. Um, and not quite knocked out. That is a bit, uh, something I love to add on later. But um, yeah, that door, um, we were having a fight as we often did. And you banged that right. door <laughs> into my head and I had a massive bruise on my head. I don't, <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> Enjoyed that one. But we used, to, we used to trot off to the shelves, the two of us, merrily, to yes. see what one we'd choose. And there would be like three or four videos on there to start with. Oh, but it was it was just like a lottery of which one today. Like it was it was never going off to the shelves. Like oh, I wish we had another one. Like yeah, okay, every now and again we'd be like oh, what would it be like when there was like when we had ten? What would what what would it feel like? But we yeah. still got so much pleasure from those few. It's just amazing. Yeah. I was reading a review online that really annoyed me last night, um, and it said. I feel really sorry for those people who were so excited about uh, about seeing Revenge of the Cybermen and then they got this on video. I feel genuinely sorry for them. <gasps> I'm like, what? You have no idea the love that we had for that story. No. Who wrote that? And how can Some I get twat. in contact with them and hurt them? I know, exactly. And maybe that's his perception based on having not seen it at the time himself. And just, I don't know. But honestly, it was... I, it could not have been more than more than I wanted. It yeah. was just perfect in so really many different was. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. So 
It's and it's it's the thing that Revenge of the Cybermen has a bad rap. People say it's Does not it? good. Yes, what? one of the worst. Tom Baker's. La, 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 la. Yes. Oh, I had no totally. idea. Yes, I'm glad People you don't have any idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it just all the time. I mean, I know we shouldn't get on to what we've just seen, but fuck, the whole time I was just like, this is brilliant. Like it just, it just, it carries on being wonderful today. It really does. Yeah. John loved it. And he's quite harsh. If he doesn't like something, he says, no, this is shit. You know, he really yeah. does. No, he hated them, Terror of the Vervoids, with a passion. And he didn't yes. really get on with Mask of Mandragora. He thought it was a bit boring. This, even yeah. though he liked some of it. But this, he said, it's this, he said, this is one of the best Tom Bakers. And I yeah. said, you do know that people don't see it like that. And he was just as surprised as you. He was like, really? But why? And I'm like, I know. <laughs> so, there you go. Wow. Fools. Links back them. to links back to last time the highlanders so the last time the highlanders was an idea by elwyn jones and it was jointly credited with jerry davis because jerry davis actually rewrote elwyn jones like back of a napkin script into something full right this time it said it says it's by jerry davis but it was basically written by robert holmes because jerry davis's scripts were shit so yeah so there's a jerry davis link there yes but um what Jerry no delivered was a very... No straddled in the making of this Doctor Who. Yes. Jerry delivered a very workman-like sort of 60s Doctor Who script. Now, I've, I'm going to read from a book, Alex, if I may. A the book? book is called, the book is called Who is Michael E. Bryant? It's by Michael E. Bryant. And it was published by Classic <gasps> TV Press. We oh, my God, I have it. that on my shelf, too. Amazing. Yes. And I love the cover. I love what I did was I sent him my Doctor Who figures that were from his stories, and he put them on his glass reflective surface, and he put his hands around them and said, "This is my Doctor Who stuff." And oh, it's a lovely photo. Oh, hug him yes. so very much. But they're my figures on that cover. I love that fact. But anyway, I should just do a quick plug and say, um, this book we have got like. I know, 400 copies, maybe more in the garage. Um, but we'd like to sell them, please. So if you're listening, buy them from us from the Classic TV Press website. You won't get them cheaper anywhere else. And I think we're going to probably sell them for a, a five or a piece. And it's a Are really good book. Yeah. Really good book. And there's a chapter on each of his Doctor Who's. So And then on like Seven and Secret Army and all the other stuff he did. And it's really good. Anyway, I just wanted to read oh, a nice. section. He could really write as well. You know, I said, oh, why don't you try writing this memoir? And he was like, I don't know whether I can write. And then I, he completely could write, and it was exciting. Anyway. Cool. Um, okay. I strolled into the production office and sat down at my desk on which, four, on which four scripts were in final form. This was extraordinary and unprecedented, as normally on joining a production, you would be lucky if there was more than a couple of finished scripts, and the others were dribbling over the following weeks as the editing was completed. All BBC production officers had one armchair, albeit with wood arms, and I settled into it and opened episode one. It went along okay, with a climax of a Cyberman appearing. Episode two went along pretty slowly and climaxed with two Cybermen appearing. And episodes three and four each climaxed with yet another Cyberman joining the throng. To say, <laughs> to say they were dull would be flattering. I was distraught and made an emotional entry to Barry's office and told him what I thought about the finished scripts. But I thought you'd be so pleased to have four finished scripts on your desk for a change, he said. One Cyberman appearing is exciting, two Cybermen are not doubly exciting, and three are not trebly exciting, I replied. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Gentle- so Gentleman that he was, Barry asked to have time to reread them, and within 24 hours, he ordered a total rewrite by Robert Holmes, the script editor, who did a brilliant job. There you go. So that's an excerpt from the chapter, which Ooh. is the chapter is Cybermen, Witches, and Ghosts. Oh my! So buy the book. Oh, buy the book. Background. Yes, do buy the book. And remember that Andy can't earn at the moment, so it's really thank you. <laughs> yes, you're really helping. Yes, I'm getting a right. book to boot. Yes. So, um, I think it's it's weird now watching it when whenever we watch anything directed by Michael because because we got on so well with him and I'm not, I'm not just saying that because we get on well with Michael Brown but he was such a lovely guy and so down to earth and it was just bizarre that we struck up the friendship it was it was lovely. So is he dead now? No, he's not dead. Okay, <laughs> shit. He just went to just, a big. The way you said he was great, I was like. <laughs> No, he's very much alive, sailing the seas. He recently guested at Gallifrey One convention in America, and I listened to his interview. But he didn't mention the bloody book in his interview. Rude. (laughs) Oh, okay, but I'm glad he's healthy. Yeah. So, can I just give you a bit of background about how the video hit the shelves of Revenge of the Seven? Can I? Yeah. So. It was originally released in 1983, and it had the wrong Cybermen on the front. It had the Earthshock Cybermen on the front. And do you know how much that video cost? Have a guess. £40. Yes, £39.95. No. That's insane. God, if I think about inflation as well, like that's... Yeah, it's about... It's probably about £120 in today's money, something like that. Yeah. Who bought videos back in the early 80s? I know. Bastards. Well, it was the very first one you could get. And um, the other one was Brain of Morbius, which had been cut down to 60 minutes. Oh. <laughs> and that one cost the same. It's just, I remember I remember being in a really small video shop before they were kind of a thing and picking up Brain of Morbius and seeing it's 40 quid and thinking, oh, I'd really love this, but I just can't justify this in any way, shape or form because there's no way I could get any anywhere near that sort of money. But so I got one of the later of reissues, but I think it was probably more expensive than ten pounds because there was a point where suddenly everything was nine ninety nine. But before that, they were still quite expensive. So I I reckon I paid a bit more than that. I don't know what though. Yes. So there's that. Yes. (laughs) Can I ask you about what you think about season twelve and this arc of moving from well, literally an arc arc. Arc in space, Santoran experiment, Genesis, then this. What do you feel about those that as a linking mechanism? Oh, I just utter joy. I love the whole back and forth Nerva Beacon stuff. I love the way there's a, a little thread coming throughout without any without it needing to really change the stories that um that are linked by them. It just it makes it feel like it's part of something bigger and I yeah I, and it was also really useful because he used to quiz me a lot on which stories came in what order and it was actually helpful because I could be like okay that one comes next and then this and then that <laughs> so it was very helpful for those games um but yes um I, I just love that whole story arc it's my favorite of all of the story arcs that I know of it just it oh wow very very happy yeah yeah so I was watching it again this time with the start with them rolling around in space holding onto the time ring. I was thinking, were we confused by that when we first watched it? And I was thinking, 
<laughs> of course you weren't, because I would have explained it to death to you before we even started press press play, wouldn't I? <laughs> and also, I didn't really give a shit what was going on in any of the Doctors for like <laughs> probably the first ten years of me watching them. We're just like, oh, are they running there? Oh, good. <laughs> as much as I cared about, I think it amazed me actually on rewatching it how much of the plot I had always missed. Like you could, I can say I've watched it fifty times. Whether or not I took on board any of it in those fifty times, apart from remembering silly lines that Harry Sullivan's an imbecile. Like I probably didn't pick up on huge plot points the whole time. Absolutely the same here. I turned to Marisa halfway through this and said, so what are they trying to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, know. I actually wrote myself a little diagram of like, what is the motivation for each of these different parties? And I'm yes. not so good. I mean, a lot of them did get answered in the end, but it was not in my brain. Oh, did they? I was... I've still got oh, some yeah. questions. Got some I hope you can answer some of my questions because I'm still oh, a bit God. confused. Okay. Yes. Um, I just want to tell you a bit about the Jerry Davis script to begin with. It's called Return of the Cybermen. And there were no Vogans. There were just miners, some like humanoid miners on Voga. And Voga didn't appear until episode three. And yeah, it was mainly about Cybermen hiding on the beacon and then suddenly being in cupboards and stuff. The idea was originally was that the beacon had been turned into a space casino. (laughs) That had become deserted. It sounds really crap. Anyway. But the good thing about the Jerry Davis script, which is overturned by Robert Holmes, and I think is shocking, is that two of the crew members were women originally. Oh. So Captain Warner was a woman, and right. there was Dr. Anitra Berglund, who not only is a woman, but a person of colour, potentially. So that would have been so much better in terms of diversity than what we get. It would. But isn't Robert Holmes a little bit like that? He doesn't tend to have many... Totally. Hinchcliffe Holmes era, very few women at all. In fact, Sarah's the only woman in this script again, isn't she? Yeah. 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 It depends on what you consider Margaret to be. (laughs) (laughs) I think you mean Margaret. We used to laugh about that so much, didn't we? So Once we realised that it sounded like Margaret, we just... Oh, just that was... Yeah. Yes. Um, carry on. Carry on. Moving on. Okay, anyway. So, where do you want to start? I want you to do a quick overview of what Revenge is about. Oh, gosh. Should have seen that one coming, shouldn't I? <laughs> Ought. Or I can do it. I'll do oh, go, it. Go, go. Go, go. A really random one. So, Doctor Sarah and Harry arrive on the Nerva Beacon, but it's in a different era to the one that they know. <gasps> Shit, tons of people are dead. Oh my god! Um... <laughs> you should always do. You should always do these. <laughs> um, Kelman, bit shifty. Don't feel comfortable about him. Then we find out the Cybermen are involved. What? Um, we end up. <laughs> we end up on Voga. There's some people with really long hair. People with not so long hair. They don't like each other, but they look similar to each other. They, bit angry, bit undergroundy. Um, <laughs> someone's got a rocket. Please God, tell me why. No one's too sure. But in the end. There's a rocket and it ends up killing some Cybermen. The end! That was perfect! <laughs> I don't think there was any any stone unturned there, was there? <laughs> all, all the details you needed. 
so. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we found our new regular feature. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's on board, and if they've never watched it before, that will certainly have whetted their little appetites. <laughs> and now they've got all the answers, so they bet they need not watch it. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, they've right. heard it all. I like so per- right. particularly like the bit about them being a bit undergroundy. <laughs> oh. Bit angry, bit angry, bit undergroundy. Can we talk about? Can we talk about the Vogans yet, or is it too early to talk about them? We, we can talk about anything you'd like. Good. So. The long head versus the short head was something that had yes. not really occurred to me before. Me too. I was trying to work out. We had just completely ignored that. We kind of knew they didn't like each other, but after that, we were yeah. like, yeah, I don't really care. Because, yes, there's the Guild Hall of the Guardians. I hadn't noticed yes. that before. I didn't realise it was a Guild Hall either. No. I didn't know that before I'd written that down. <laughs> yes. And then. And what are the Guardians? Why are they Guardians? There's militia, yes. Yes, and the militia have long hair, but I wonder whether or not all the long-haired people are militia or whether or not the long-haired people have a militia. Couldn't work that right, way so out. Right, so I've got a question about the yes. one who dies at the start, the radio operator with long hair. Yeah. He is killed by Vorus's men. Yeah. Guardian people types. Yeah, yeah. Why is he killed? Um, because he was radioing radio for help. Because he'd found out about the rocket and he was a bit screwed. Right. Okay. Probably would have been better to go and tell his. The the reason I'm confused is because they say he's a traitor. So I'm thinking, well, he's not a traitor to the Guardians. Is he just a traitor to all Vogans? Is that what they meant? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Because otherwise he would have short hair, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's not a traitor to the Guardians, yes. Okay. Uh, and so, okay, what the what the long-haired main dude who can't say his s's? What's his title? They did say it at one point, and I missed it. Counselor. Counselor. Oh, is he like more the, than counselor? Oh. He was like the highest counselor. He's like president, but. Gosh. So he's like the overall ruler, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like. It's a bit like in countries where they have, like in Romania, they've got a president and they've got a prime minister. Um, Gosh, so it greedy. kind of, I know, and one of them's corrupt and the other isn't. I don't know which one. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think that's the kind of jostling for power there. So I think the leader of the Guardians is pretty high up, but in a different way. Yeah. Yes. Look, this is about the radio operator bit, right? So okay, Margaret sorry, says yeah. your your plan frightened him for us. Sometimes it frightens me. But would you warn the humans? Do you feel kinship? No, no. It's something, there are so many things that might go wrong. So so that's just betraying all Vogans, yes? That's the yes. thing. Yes. Right. But he knew about Vorus's plan. But Yeah, because he'd been in the, that area that is the, the Guardians look after. The bit, right. Their domain is the mine bit. Um, right because they kind of have different sections that they preside over. Because the city is where Tyrum lives, isn't it? They keep calling it the city. I did find that hard to visualise as I was getting into it, because really they've both got their own offices, but you can't really see anything aside from that. So there was nothing that looked like a city to me, which I found confusing. But yeah, there's a city, and then there's that bit that is where the rock is. And they don't really go into each other's area. Right. Yes. Good. Better. So, but do you think there was a message about the long hairs versus the short haired? 
Because the long hairs were kind of hippie-ish, kind of like didn't want to fight. They were kind of a bit like, you know, Greenpeace-ish. <laughs> yes, and the, short hair and the others sort of were like... definitely like a bit more conservative and a bit more fighty. Yeah, definitely a lot more fighty, yes. Um, yes, it's just a bit a bit odd. I think it would have been kind of nice if the long-haired ones had been more fighty in a way, because that would have like subverted what you'd expect. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't feel like they were all quite happy to get their guns out. No one was really not fighting. They, I mean, like yeah. the long-haired ones had a militia, so they weren't the most peace-loving types. No, they weren't. It's true. Good. Yes. That's that's sort of one of my questions out. So that's good. Yeah, you're <laughs> can, can, so, I know you don't like to go from beginning to end, but I have thoughts that I do run from beginning to end. Go for it. Well, I, okay, so. You arrive, and I, I remember feeling really shocked at all those dead bodies. Like, it was such a good opening, didn't you think? To just yeah. have left people where they died was just really stark. There was no order to it. There was no one kind of piled up. It was just like, leave them where they die, Sodom. And I just, I really felt quite taken aback by that when I was younger. And even now, watching it, I think it really, yeah, it got to me. Sterile atmosphere. Yes, exactly. But no sign of injury. Nothing to indicate the cause of death. Well, he was just sitting against the door as though it collapsed. He wouldn't have been left there for two weeks unless... Unless what? Unless there was something seriously wrong here. Come on. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, I love particularly the direction, Michael Bryant's direction, um, when Sarah walks forward a bit and then turns back to look at the Doctor and Harry and she's turned back to them and the bodies are all around her on the floor. I just think it's such a nice way of showing it and quite, mm. wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, it was done well. And then yes. I have found even now, as soon as I see Kalman, I feel a bit sick. I remember oh, really? hating him so much. Like, I remember thinking, you double-crossing bastard. Like, <laughs> all of his ways with, like, just how, so how easily he killed all of those people for a reason that I'm still a little bit on Yes, on. that's uh, why I need to talk about later with you. <laughs> <laughs> so on that, really on that cool, on the coolest of sets, John said this is the coolest Doctor Who set ever, is what he said. Yes, yes, um, it is. He... I couldn't believe it when the Cybermap went past the body because it was almost like a deliberate re-repeat of the caterpillary Wirren thing moving across exactly the same space. But just... Do you know what I mean? I had never noticed that it was the same sort of shot, effectively. No, no, I didn't this time. The dead bodies obviously weren't there in Arkham Space, but it was still a long... A long thing, moving along the thing. It was just weird how it was the same sort of thing. It hadn't occurred to me before. Yes. Uh, I guess that set just kind of lent itself to anything to crawl along and just make use of the wonderful corridoriness. Yeah. Yeah, what did you think of the Cybermats? Loved them. Loved. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I really... Uh, every time I see a Cybermat, I'm terrified. Like, when they came back in New Who, I was equally as terrified. I find them one of the most scary Doctor Who creatures because they're so, um, you just don't know 
when they're going to pounce. I think they just have that element of surprise bit. They're really just, and they're so agile. And you just, yeah, I think they're brilliant. And I actually think it looked a lot more futuristic than a lot of Doctor Who things. Like they didn't try and overdo the the kind of the mouldings of the the metal. It really was just a slick, um, a slick piece of metal with different kind of pieces to its carapace or whatever. It just oh. Yeah. I think it's amazing. And I love I love the effect that they've done on the people who get bitten. Oh, oh yeah. So good. And that was that was all Michael deciding I want to do something really good with this and that re- reflective material. And the virus looks amazing, doesn't it? Particularly when none of it is post production. It's all like just in front is of the cameras not? as it was. No, none of it. Oh, it did look like it was done in post. That's amazing. It was isn't so it? good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would just I, I you just look at it and you just couldn't work out how they could ever do it but yeah no and, and you feel for them because you are for a, the, one of the few times in Doctor Who really transported to the oh shit they are in trouble like you do feel that kind of um, oh fuck we need to get them sorted it's not just that man over there's whining like you really can see the pain it's brilliant yeah so the cybermats were the idea that Michael had was to make them more like silverfish um, yeah that was the plan and um, yeah, he just he wished they'd spent a bit more time on them, but they spent the time building new Cybermen and the money as well. But yeah, right. Yes. Right. So and also they had to make that Cyberman man bag. I love the man bag. <laughs> <laughs> the man bag. What's that? <laughs> the little handheld timery thing that oh, was yeah. like psychedelic timings it's it's big orange squirly o'clock <laughs> <laughs> big orange squirly o'clock it's time for, to blow up vogue that's what that means yes one thing i hadn't noticed before was that warner the guy who's the radio operator on the beacon um mm-hmm. that he has a west country accent oh he doesn't he's welsh it's welsh is it it's definitely welsh i, I can't do it but he says are you sure there's no no laugh on her. Are you sure there's no laugh? I can't do it. I said, like, can you do the accent or not? <laughs> I'll play it in. I'm going to play it in now. Do you read me? Professor, this new asteroid, this rock or whatever it is, are you sure there's no life on it? On Virgo? Of course not. How could there be? Oh, I don't know, Professor, but I just picked up a call and that's the only place he could have come from. It's the only place near enough. Hallucinations, Warner. You've been sitting here too long. Where did that rock come from, anyway? What system? Well, nobody knows. It was first detected in our system 50 years ago and it was captured by Jupiter. So there could be life on it. But it yeah. sounded West Country to me, but maybe I'm and wrong. And then playing another bit that demonstrates his Welshness and I want you to check in with Marisa because she will know. She will hear what I'm saying. <gasps> no. Get the Welsh bit. Yeah, but this so bit's Welsh. just been cut out, so how? <laughs> but I do love him. I, I think I just have such a, a, an affection to everyone in Revenge, but I love Welsh Dude. Like, as soon as he came on, I was like, oh, it's you, and I love you. Like, he just, I almost felt like he was, you know, more present than Dad in our childhood. I was like, oh, it's you again. Like, I <laughs> felt quite cosy. It's probably because he was more present than Dad in our childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's only in a few yeah. scenes, but he was definitely more yeah. present. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I tell you something that had never occurred to me, right? Or I just think because I was so excited to watch it that I never really listened to some of the dialogue. <laughs> what do you know? What Commander Stevenson and Lester were doing on the beacon, and and him as well before he died? What they were still doing yeah. there? So 
So I have written in here, are they just a lighthouse? Like, is it just basically <laughs> a lighthouse? And like, if anyone comes by, you just say, oh, move along, there's rocks here. Is, is really that's all they're doing? Because of the appearance of Voga, yes. So it's yeah. because there's an asteroid there isn't on any charts. So they need to stay there just to sort of warn interstellar traffic, I guess. So but... until they get their maps up today. <laughs> Like, for 30 years they've agreed to, they've agreed to do it for 30 years and i'm like my god i know how much could you and, or the fact that they continue to do it and just accept the fact that earth isn't going to help them yeah and they're, they're still like oh no god stay on our post got to do this it's just absolute blind stupidity it is, it is. insane yeah, yeah, no, I, I that did only occur to me this time that that's what they were doing. And I was like, <laughs> fucking hell. That is so And also the fact job. that if there's that many people man why did that many people need to man it just to be a lighthouse as well? Because a lighthouse only needs like a keeper and an assistant. Yes. <laughs> but if there's thirty or forty people there, and why are they all men as well? I mean, honestly, it doesn't make for much fun, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I imagine it's similar to submarines. I just, yeah, oh, I just imagine they I play see. a lot of ping pong. Bit of darts, but not watching any Doctor Who videos because you're not allowed to watch them on oil rigs, or are you? It always says, oh. it's don't watch them on oil rigs and stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're not allowed to show them on oil rigs because you have to pay an extra fee. <laughs> oh, because it's not on. What? Do you know no, what I'm no, talking about or not? No There's always idea. a disclaimer on videos, or at least there used to be, that's like no private perform, public or private, private, no, private performances only, no public performances, and it always mentions oil rigs. Oh! I Have you never noticed that? that? No, oh, but you don't, you know, I've never actually had an honest DVD or video in my life. I should <laughs> <laughs> just download shit to, to get by. No, I did not know that was a thing. I've missed out oh, on the whole yeah. world. Always says about oil rigs. So, yeah, I'm just... Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so I've got a question as well that I think I've always misinterpreted all of these years. So yeah. I actually had assumed, and God knows why, that this... Well, I think I do know why. That this period of the Nerva Beacon was after the solar flares, like so far after the solar flares, that Earth was then populated again. And they were doing shit. Is that is that your fire cracking, by the way? Sorry, yes, it is. Oh, okay, um, I'm just checking. Carry on. <laughs> um, so I just thought, like, they'd repurposed the Nerva Beacon um, yeah. to do a kind of a pointless job. But that's not the case at all. It was years previously. And the thing that they decided to save the last members of the Earth of was with, like, an old shitty beacon. Like, I just... And how did it look so shiny and new in the future when it looks so manky and beaten up in the past? That confused Yes. It is confusing. It is. And also, I have another question. Is it inflatable? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just very rounded-y. Yes. Good. It's a beautiful design. I do love the yes. design greatly. I suppose you watched it on with the old effects because I, I could turn on new effects on mine, but I didn't oh, want could to. You? What happens with the new effects? Well, you get different things happening, sweetie darling. You have a, a, a beautiful beacon that's all properly good and not what we want. I imagine you also have post-production lasers and stuff like that going on. Shame. Um, okay, <laughs> so let's get to why the hell is Kelman killing everyone? 
Right. Good. This this is the nub of this episode of the podcast. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. So he is a double agent. Yeah. And he and his motivations is... for each one of them is gold. Gold. Always so believe it... in yourself. So his motivation well, no... with uh, his ultimate motivation is gold. With the vote from for but... us, yes. Yes, but he he makes out like his motivation to the Cybermen is power, which yes. doesn't ring true with anyone. No. Yeah. There? Yeah. yeah? With you? Yeah. But in order to do this double bluffing and pretend he's working with the Cybermen, he's happy to murder all of these people. Yeah. Yeah. And also... Is he remote controlling the Cybermats all the time? I've got I've got a bit confused about that. Always. Is he? That's why he's in his that's why he's in his um in his room because he's got his little his little hairbrush gadget doody. Love it. Yeah. Um, Which is so actually from see... Live and Let Die. It was the actual prop from is Live it? and Let Die, that one. Yeah. <gasps> I loved how many gadgets he had. I did really yeah. like him as the gadget man. Um gadget yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, it was cute. So yeah, that because they, they kind of said that point. Oh, that's why as soon as the plane came, he went into his room and hid. So the point was that he obviously wasn't in his room hiding. He was in his room doing it all because he could see remotely what was happening and he could guide the Cybermats to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Because oh yeah, because he had that scanner thing with a video on it, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. Good. But he was prepared to kill all of those people. Yeah. Just for gold. So that's really, also, really dark. Yes, he killed all those people for gold, but why did they need to die? Exactly. Because it didn't actually change the overall no. plot. Is it just because they didn't want more people there when the Cybermen arrived? Because I but think the Cybermen, the Cybermen could, just... could have walked in there and just kill them in like a second. Yes. Yeah. All you need to do is open the airlock for them. Or just yeah. not even open the airlock. It just seemed they could just dock and just come in and just kill everyone, but they wouldn't kill him. Yeah. But what do they need? What did they need him for, in order to get in onto the beacon? Why did they need Kelman? Yeah. it doesn't make sense um okay so back on voga right because i want to get to the other side of this problem with the plot so Vorus has kelman oh i'm just getting a coffee hello (laughs) thank you (laughs) we're trying to work out the plot (laughs) oh yeah the guy who was the radio operator who said there's no life on that planet sort of thing did the the start the one who got killed was he Welsh yeah. or West Country? <laughs> I don't remember him being Welsh, but that doesn't mean... She doesn't West. remember him being Welsh with the words she just said. Right, I don't give a shit. Now go rewatch <laughs> it, Marisa, quickly. <laughs> and it's not a strong Welsh lilt, but it's a Welsh lilt all the same. <laughs> she needs to anyway. go watch it now. Yeah. Um, okay, good. So, yes, back so on vote. Morris has... Yeah recruited Kelman 
to bring the Cybermen to the beacon in order that he can fire the Sky Striker at the beacon and destroy them. Yeah, that's quite tenuous, but yes, that was his plan. Yeah, but this is on the basis that these must be the only Cybermen left in the universe, which how do they know that? Yeah. Because it's just one spaceship. And also, how did they know about that Cyberman spaceship? Who knew about that? That's what I don't understand. So I'm Um, imagining that there was, you know, like in Star Wars, they have this like off-world little bar casino area, probably the first plan for revenge. And Kelman and Cybermen have a wee chat. Oh, you're all right, mate. Um, What do you want to do? Oh, I want to blow up Vogue. Oh, fine, I'll give you a... So I I believe there was some out-of-zone kind of conversations. Kelman gets a bit of a, a Cyberman contact. He also, at the same time, gets a Vogan contact and then sees a plan forming in his head. That's that's how I, I think about it. Yeah, this. but it's still bizarre because, because this planet has only just reappeared for some reason. So why oh, in are the, the last Vogans... few years or something. Yeah, but why are the Vogans worried about the Cybermen? Just like vaguely that they might just yes. appear. I, I, I've actually got a good point on this. I think the Cybermen wouldn't give a flying shit whether or not the Vogans happily went up to the surface of the planet and started having parties or yes. whether or not they hid in the mines. That makes exactly. no bloody difference. Because you're, the, you're not visible from space, are you, if you're above ground? <laughs> I know. But also, they don't really care about the people. They just hate the gold. Like The people yeah. is not a, an issue for them. They, all the Vogans could live happily elsewhere. They just want rid of a planet that's full of gold. So really, yeah. what the Vogans do in their free time is just not something that <laughs> the Cybermen are really considering. Exactly. It's all predicated on the wrong things in that sense. It's very odd. Yes. Um, yeah. But it just seems odd that he thinks, like Forrest thinks, right, this is going to eliminate the Cybermen once and for all. But the, the risk of actually bringing them the attention of Voga to the Cybermen yes. is stupid. It's like, why yes. would you draw attention to yourself in that way? By having Kelman reveal. I believe that it just, what kind of comes kind of screaming through from Vorus to me is that he just really loves this fucking rocket. He just, he actually doesn't care about any of this plot. Like, because he loses, you can tell like by the end, like he really isn't really thinking anything about saving his planet or doing anything it's just i want to find me bloody rocket he's upset to me i've got it's the story of one man and his obsession with his phallus because that's yes. what it feels like to me it's i think just, that's right it, it really is his his penis obsession that is kind of driving the whole thing i'm a man and i can do shit with yes. rockets and i'm so strong yeah yeah, yeah. It did, i agree yeah. There was, i read that yes. as well Good. my penis my glory yeah <laughs> Yes, yeah. I think I have written a very similar line to that. Penis, <laughs> my glory. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yes. Bloody hell. Yeah, it's yes. weird, isn't it? Just watching yeah, it no, uh, but... with the new lens. Yeah. Yes, but then we still don't really understand why the Sandmen wanted Kelman's help. I guess, oh, they are. Ah, they couldn't... Okay, so they knew that there was a transmat between... Oh, he set up the transmat. 
Kelman set up the transplant. That's right. Yes. Set up the transplant. But he lies about that because he says, when the Cybermen arrive, he says, um, as you instructed, I set up the transplant receptors as close as I could to that inner bit where the bombs would be done. But he doesn't. Yeah. Because they have to traverse quite a long way in order to get to that. Well, it's only bloody 15 minutes. So I was quite impressed with how quick we could get there, to be honest. But okay. Oh, do you think? Maybe it was the only yeah. flat area that was available nearby. Yeah. I would say that's okay. it's a fair. But anyway, like it doesn't matter if he lies, because the whole point is he's supposed to be lying. Um, but yeah, so that's why, okay, that's why they needed Kelman, because they couldn't even go down there and sort that shit out, even though they do yeah. end up going down there. And then you've got the naming of the planet as an issue. So Stevenson says, Stevenson says, when it arrived, it appeared, we called it Neophobis, but mm. Kelman called it Voga. So it's only known as Voga because Kelman starts spreading it around that it's Voga in order yeah. for, you know, it's like, but yeah, why would you do stay that? Quiet. Stay quiet. <laughs> if you're Neophobis, if you're Neophobis, stay quiet. You can have yeah. a happy life on, you know, inside, outside, and upside down on, on, on yeah. Yes. You don't need to call yourself Voga again via some no. human agent who you probably can't trust. It's a bit odd. None of it really I makes sense. I guess it, the part, the bit that I guess does ring true is that often you believe people are talking about you when they're really not. So I just kind of get ah. that feeling that Vogans are like, oh yeah, well, everyone's interested in us. We're all like, we're pretty exciting. We are. We're a planet of gold. Everyone's they're all after our every move mm. uh, whereas actually no one gives a shit no one even knows you're there they don't really care like they're in their head they're more important to what's going on in the world than they actually yeah. are we are destined to be rulers of all the cosmos no i don't think so somehow you tried that once and you were nearly wiped out because of voga and its gold if humans had not had the resources of voga the cyber war would have ended in glorious triumph it was a glorious triumph for human ingenuity they discovered your weakness and invented the glitter gun. And that was the end of Cybermen. Except as gold-plated souvenirs that people use as hat stands. But the other main problem, right, which I don't understand, is like, Vorus is so aggressive, he's got his Sky Striker and all that, what that means, and he believes in defending against the Cybermen and, like, well, attacking, going on the attack. Why, oh why, does he not create or have it in his armoury glitter guns? I know! win the war was glitter guns and i actually said all they actually should have done instead of all this rocket shit was just had a trip to their local fucking vogan dollar shop and just mm -hmm. threw threw a bit of glitter at them everything would be sorted like yeah. the effort they went to two years of building a rocket all yeah. you do is just with some glitter at them sorted no problem whatsoever yeah, yeah. Glitter guns. really is just overkill yeah. but it, again it doesn't help with this man's obsession with rockets like that's that's really yeah. what's happening. He wanted something glorious. Throwing glitter so, at like, people doesn't. Because there's one point where I said, good. "Well, you've got to, we've got to attack them with everything we've got, and still the guns are just guns that are guns. Which why would they have yes. guns that? Oh, yes, just... you're the <laughs> only planet that should have the guns that can do this. You are the only planet. Just fucking sort your shit out. Yes. And if you're living a life in fear of being discovered by the Cybermen again. You would arm yeah. yourselves with gold guns. Yeah, you'd have a glitter gun by your bed, wouldn't you? you would. <laughs> that, that shit's important. Under every pillow, there'll be a glitter gun, just in case. Yes. So yeah. that really doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I had not thought about that before, but I do like the thought that, yeah, that is actually insane. There was gun battles against sad <laughs> men. With, yes, mad. Madness. Yes. 
Madness. Yeah. Terence Dix apparently tries to solve that in his novelization by saying that they just supplied the gold to humans who made the other humans who made the glitter guns. So the, the the implication being that they didn't have the secret of how to make a glitter gun, but you don't need much. Surely, if you can propel a bullet with a gun, yes. then you can propel some glitter glitter with a gun. Yeah, or it's the gold girl. nugget bullet. Yes, gold <laughs> nugget bullet. Yeah, gold Lady Paintbot will do it with her bloody arrow. It doesn't need to be too impressive. It just needs to be no. gold. So, wrong. So, yeah. The only bit that I felt like I was really taken out of things was that bit, and it never annoyed me in the past, was that stupid bit where he pulls out the jelly babies out of Tom Baker's um, trousers. Doesn't that really wind you up? No, why does it annoy you? Oh, because it plays that really stupid, oh, isn't it silly, jolly fun? Plinky, plonky music. Oh, I hate it. It just takes me out of it completely because I'm really, I'm in the moment. I'm loving... All of the interactions I'm seeing, the TARDIS crew just be brilliant together. I've got, you know, there's there's angry people. We've got angry sad men. We've got angry Vogans, and like you're quite caught up in that tension. And then we have that jolly stupid music, and it just, oh yeah, it really took it out for me. I'm just not happy. I just like to know who and what he is. We should talk about the music. So John declared, I love this music. And we watched the special features in which someone has played some, played some Dudley Simpson music over a scene to show that it was much better. And John was like right. so confused. He was like, what? I don't understand this person. The, the music is brilliant. So right. what do you think? I mean, it's so, we just um, know it in our I, bones, don't we, this music? Yeah, I kind of, I don't think I could tell you what the music was just because it just, it just feels right. Um, yeah. no, so it's the I same just... composer as Death of the Daleks which you get the feeling oh, but they're yes. the only two with this composer and it's because they're both directed by Michael E. Bryant and he obviously liked this guy's work right but um, yeah, I did notice something I hadn't noticed before was like they had like almost a fanfare kind of flourish it felt quite Game of Thronesy when they went into the president's little office area oh I always remember that bit when Sarah and Harry go in and it's like da 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 yes yes cool I am Tyrum Chief Counselor of Vilga how do you do Uh, I'm Harry Sullivan and this is uh... Sarah Jane Smith what's your mission here mission we don't have any mission. We, we, we just sort of came here by accident, didn't we, Harry? Yes, that's right. It's nothing to do with us, really. Yeah, no, the, the, the music was good, which is, I guess that's probably why the Plinky Plonky thing got me so much, just because everything else worked so perfectly, and I was just mm. like, no, this is not the time for silliness. We are yeah. in the moment. Yes. So um, Hinchcliffe put in a few more musical stings to make it a bit more dramatic that were not composed by, by this guy, Kerry Blyton. But I think, okay. um, but I think he overestimated the problem with the music because we didn't. Well, we never thought the problem with, was with the music, did we? We thought it was different, no. but we never thought it was taking away from the drama. No. No. It's no, weird, isn't it? it People's didn't. perceptions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I ask? Is an exographer a real thing? I don't know. Okay. But I Good. feel like it should be. Okay. I'll find out for you. I'll let you know next episode. Good. There you go. Um, 
I want to know why, and this has probably been asked a lot of time in Doctor Who forums, and you're like, oh yeah, everyone asked that. But if if a transmat beam gets rid of the foreign bodies, why does it not strip you naked? <laughs> exactly. And everyone always has these thoughts every time you watch Revenge of the Cybermen. Probably everyone who watched this has this thought. And it's like, yeah. you just accept that it does it. And I just think, okay, good. I just love that it does it because I think that's such a lovely, clever, stupid solution. Yes. But I, I do love it. And it, I think what I love about Revenge of the Cybermen is all the movement about between the beacon and the planet and just how one person's there and then the other person's there and then the other person tries to get back up there. And it's it's kind of a bit escape and capture, but it's also a bit, it just gives it a grander scale. And you know how I like my Doctor Who's to be epic. And I think it just gives it that yes. epic scale. And I just love that movement about between locations. It's the same reason I love Genesis of the Daleks. Yeah, Sorry? okay, you're, yeah. Not, you're never stuck. You're never just like, okay, we're now here and we're never moving. Like, yeah. the fact that you're always quite jauntily moving on to the next place and, like, there's there's quite a lot of scale to it. Yeah, I can see how that is appealing. And I just love a Pentalion drive, no matter what. Oh, I just, yeah. I love that it's his necklace. I love that it's kind of... I love the, the way they threatened him. Like, he really felt that moment. Like, the Doctor's yeah. really enjoying taunting him and everyone is with him, like... Us, the viewer, and the guys with him, they're like, just fucking make him sweat, the little bastard. Like, yeah, everyone and, uh, really yeah. wants pain for Kelvin at that point. And I love the fact that the doctor immediately asked, who's the homicidal maniac? <laughs> he's just like... Yes. <laughs> he immediately yes. decides he's he's not good. Yes. No, no, he gets him straight. But then also I was kind of... Um, I was reminded of um, Our Planet of Evil kind of review where like we really talk about the fact that the reason that Prentice Hancock is so disliked is because he doesn't do the standard thing of just falling in with what the doctor says whereas the reason this is so easy to love and to watch is because the people in charge are just so glad the doctor's here to take charge of everything yes. they just go, oh you've got a plan yeah carry on we'll just follow you and, yes. and it works for us because that's that's kind of what we want to happen but yeah. yeah it just shows that they really were wandering aimlessly and they really didn't have a plan they were fucked without it really yeah totally right so i've got a whole other big problem area can i talk to you about which is Please, the cybermen you? yes and that is the fact that they're described as total machine creatures which is just mm, wrong. I always struggle with this. They've got too much anger to be machines. Yeah. yeah. And they shouldn't have... The, obviously, everyone says it's misnamed and misconceived because they shouldn't want revenge because they're emotionless. Yeah. Um, and there's one point the Doctor says it, it was almost like he, he was about to smile, he says at one point. But yeah. um, because he's so vengeful, the cyber leader. Oh, I've got a story about the cyber leader. I must tell you at some point. Anyway. Um, oh, <clears throat> the it's like no one remembered that the Cybermen were originally human at all. No one remembered right. it. And because these Cybermen were old Cybermen who had been skulking around in their tin spaceship forever, forever that it would be nice if they were kind of like really starting to go a bit bonkers and like worse. <laughs> Just like banging their own heads against walls and stuff like that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Just because they were like... <laughs> The bodies they'd have been using would have been so fucked by that point. I just like this idea yeah. that they should have been, like, mental. I, d I definitely... I've always liked the Cybermen. Like, I, when it when it comes to, like, classic Doctor Who monsters, they were always my kind of 
my monster of choice like above yeah. the daleks they've Same always here. been my yeah. happy place yeah they are i love the concept and i do i kind of like that they are vengeful i do like that they're angry yes it doesn't fit in with what you're what's told about them but i do like that they kind of just get really shitty like they just they get angry and they get really nasty and it makes them more scary. Like yeah, okay, it's yeah. fitting with the fact that they're pure logic creatures because they're really yeah. not. They're angry bastards who want to kill you. And yeah. yeah, I I really think that they that adds to their to the fear with them. You don't trust what they're going to do next. No. But you do know you can absolutely always trust that they will double cross anyone who works with them. <laughs> that yes. is just oh. a standard every <laughs> yes, time. That's kind of like a given. But I just yeah. think any Cyberman story that doesn't have the threat of someone being turned into a Cyberman is 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 wasting the opportunity of the Cybermen. The fact that right. anyone could just be cybernized or cybernetized, whatever the word is. But um, I just think I it's think a shame that they're just... Yeah. They could just be any robots, you know? It reads like they're any robots, and that's a weak Cyberman yeah. script is one that just has them as any old robot, I think. And they've only really used the whole potential to, take the, to make them into Cybermen in New Who, haven't they? They've not really done that in Old Who at all, have they? Well, no, they did. In Tomb of the Cybermen, Toberman's half turned into one, isn't he? Yeah. And there's the threat, because Victoria gets actually stands in the whatever chamber it is, the big thing, mm. and she says, Mercy, they must have been giants, or whatever it was. But um, right. there's a chamber where it's what they get. There's a, yeah, whatever it is. But yes. This is the main shaft. Yes, this is a shaft I explored for you. It runs right to the core of Voga. How far from the shaft entrance is the transmat receptor area? Uh, just a matter of yards. I set the receptors as close as possible. Excellent, Kalman. You have done well. The humans will carry the explosives into the shaft. What's your cut, Kelman? Voga's gold. There will be no gold. Voga is to be utterly destroyed. And this time, we shall not fail. Oh, really? And you, Doctor. And your two friends will help us in this task. Did you just love the musings of um, Harry and Sarah when they first discover the gold? Oh, I was so happy. Him just thinking about his solid gold stethoscope and his like practice out in the country or whatever it was. It was yeah, just yeah. utterly adorable. I just I could listen to them chatting on like that for hours. Like it's like a little bit like you and I, like that kind of that brother and sister kind of, sort of banter, yeah. Really can be shitty with each other, but like you can tell she's listening to him and kind of yeah. happy for him in in his happy little thoughts, and yes. oh, it's just beautiful. But one thing I hadn't really remembered was just because I just accepted that like the Doctor and Sarah are mean to Harry. It's kind of like yeah. an abusive relationship from both of them, <laughs> and. Yeah. I just accepted it. It's like, yeah, it's just Harry. You just are rude to him constantly. But I don't understand where it comes from. Do you? Um, I, yeah, I don't get the motivation for it, but I like it. I, I just, I, it just to me, it feels like they're just saying, we know each other better, all right? You're never going to really get as close as you and I are. But, like, we'll, we'll let you come along for the ride. Like, I just, I feel like he's, 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 sweet and buffoonish enough to not really take it to heart he's just like oh well i'm glad i'm here you know i've got the t-shirt isn't this good like and it's just i don't i think if he was ever taken in a way any other than than he does 
I imagine the way that they dealt with him would be different. But yeah. he can take it and therefore they keep giving it. Yeah, it works perfectly as a team. It okay. really it does. But it is... I, I just felt slightly uncomfortable this time. It's like, for God's sake, give him a break. You know, it's not his fault. And like with the door, the scene with the door where he just looks at him with daggers. I love that. didn't do anything. Oh, but it's just... But it's almost like it's done as a joke. Like, it feels like no one's really thinking Harry's to blame at all. It's just, no, it's just, it's just a way of including bag. him in there. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we'll include you by taking the piss and saying it was your fault kind of thing. It's just... And if he took any of it to heart, like, it would be different. But it, he, he just has such a gentle way about it. I mean, you can tell he really honestly doesn't give a shit. Like, it's not like he's there, like secretly worrying he's just one of those guys who's just he just lives in a little bit of a bubble anyway so it's just it's yeah. not hitting him yeah i think my favorite line with between the sarah and harry though is right at the end of the story where when harry says i don't know if you're aware old girl but there's this, this, this rocket's coming towards you and she says yes we are aware of it harry <laughs> she's like <laughs> she bites her lip or something she does something she sort of pauses in the middle of it and it's just like yeah she does her lip thing definitely where she kind of kind of really overtly pushes them out it's like we are aware of them <laughs> brilliant yes hello doctor can you hear me yes harry what is it Harry is brilliant though. My favourite Harry bit though is when he's um explains to the doctor what's going on. Uh, I've got the <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you see, we thought you were still up there and, and she naturally wanted to warn you about this rocket. Sorry, I, I can see you're not with me and the doctor says, Harry, I'm not with you. <laughs> no, you see, it seems that Kelman, he's dead by the way. Kelman was really working for the Vogan people and he got the other lot, the Watchamacallums. Cybermen. Cybermen, that's right. Terribly bad on names, you know, with all this stuff. <laughs> it's oh, amazing. Yes. Yeah, but he, he is, he is just a really classic old English kind of gent type that it just, oh, he's just so wonderful. He's just a breed that doesn't exist anymore, but it's just so yes. adorable. Love yeah. him. And I feel like Ian Martyr and Tom Baker really worked on that together to make that work. And I can't imagine it was just in the script. I reckon there was a load of rewrites around that to make it work. Right. Because Harry waffles on for ages. And eventually the Doctor just says yes in response to, the, to Harry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he says is yes. And it's just like... Because Harry ends oh, by saying, so things have gone a bit wrong. And the Doctor just says yes. <laughs> <laughs> You just can't imagine writing a script for that. Like, you've just got to so hold... Like, you just compare that to the hell that we had to deal with for Terror of the Vervoids. Yes! So skillfully written. There's just such consideration of the humans behind these words. It's just, oh, so lovely. And I think think Tom Baker just knew also... I think he was very generous, actually, to make the other characters work in relation to his character, that they had to work out a bit of business that wasn't there. Um, and a good example of an ad lib thing that wasn't anywhere in the script was when he comes back to the beacon and Sarah's there and he whistles and Sarah whistles back and that was just something him and Liz Sladen yes. worked out. Oh, you know, it's, it's so lovely. That even made Christy sit up and watch. I think he enjoyed that. But oh. yeah, it just it, it's uh, yeah, it is beautiful. Oh, I've got it. Chief Counselor of Voga. That's oh, what he good. is. Good Chief knowledge. Counselor. Thank good. But you know what he says? Stand aside, I say. Stand aside, I say. <laughs> 
We used to say that all the time, didn't we? <laughs> time to shite, I said. <laughs> Loved it. I was so happy with the hood. I actually had forgotten it was from Revenge of the Sidemen, but because we said it so much, I just had no yeah. memory of where it came from. But the yes. problem with these with these masks is they're so muffled often, aren't they? And it's it's such a shame that they just sound a bit shit. And the Shakespearean lines are just too much, aren't they? My favourite was always A folly conceived out of elegance through overweening ambition. You know, all that oh, stuff. I, I, I will have just yeah, I drifted off and as soon as anyone starts talking wank, I'm not there. <laughs> I was gone. Yeah. Oh, tell me. Seal of Rassilon outfits, I think we always knew they were there and we're always confused by it. Has that ever been addressed by any kind of kind of canon reason that kind of explained why they oh, right, yeah. into like they, a charity um, shop or some, something? Someone said that they, they had a, a meeting with the Time Lords at some point and either one of them liked the other one's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer so, that they went to the, the Gallifrey charity shop. I feel like yeah. it works better. Yeah, the seal of Razalon though it's such a brilliant design, and it is, which is why it's I weird have it that on it's one of my legs. Do I? Oh yeah. Yes, you've actually got yes, it on your I leg. Do. That's amazing. I do. Yes. I know. Well done. Can I say which is your <laughs> least favourite Vogan? I want to know in the in the stakes of least favourite Vogans because I've definitely got one. <laughs> <laughs> um, least favourite, as in, I think they're a crap actor, or as in, I hate their character. Probably both. Uh, I'm amazed how dull Margaret is, be, being as we know he should be so much better. Well, he's Davros. He's Davros exactly. as well. Exactly. And he, he yeah. has such presence in everything else that we've seen him do. Like, I, I was hmm. remarking on him, wasn't I, for, um, was it Carnival of Monsters or something? I was amazed yeah. by how strong he was in that. But, yeah, he just was nothing in this. I barely noticed him. So yeah, he's also the voice. Like? He's also the voice of Pluto Earthflight One Five as well at the start. Oh, funny. is he? Yeah. Oh, is that oh, the and... one who's worried about Captain the Crewmaster Colville? Yes, that's him. Oh, yeah. hug him! I was worried about Crewmaster Colville. Your drop over is transferred to Ganymede Beacon One Nine Zero Six Seven and Zero Two. Do you require a repeat on those vectors? No thanks, mother. We got them. How bad are things there? They're pretty bad. Hello, Nerva. Crewmaster Colville. I say again, Crewmaster Colville is doing a tour with you. He's my brother. Is he all right? Oh, contact. I'll check. And do you know who's doing the voice of the film, the boring film that Sarah listens to? She always gets to sit in rooms listening, watching films, doesn't she? She does. Yeah, she, she does, does a lot of that. that. That's Michael Bryant's voice. Oh, yes. is it? Yes. I'll hug him very much. I will. Star charts for outer space section four carry a 2% error factor. Solar reading should be independently taken when controlling this area. What was I saying? Oh, yes. Yeah, my least favourite Vogan is Shepra. What? God, I didn't even know he existed. Who the fuck you is You know, Shepra? the one with the long hair and he's just... The he has that long really annoying... with long hair. <laughs> annoying one where he says when when Vora says order them back command them and he says I'm sorry he turns to Tyrone he says I'm sorry counselor and he says when you try to read up <laughs> I always hated that bit when he really shook his head around too much with his big forehead and his hair yeah, it was just so he embarrassing his head a lot. Yeah, is he the one who says stand the shy or is that, she- or is that that's no, Tyrone isn't it that's yeah. Tyrone yeah 
Yeah, I, I did get so many like frissons of joy of watching um, Vogan's run. Uh, I think the same way that men enjoy watching women run in Baywatch, I could watch Vogan's run for hours with their hair bobbing left and right. <laughs> and oh, I just get so much fun. And I, I remember that bit, another one where we had paused the video so much that there was like a, a kind of line across the screen was where there's a Vogan, I think he just runs towards you um, in a corridor. And, and then he then stops. He just kind of stops. Yeah. And then he yes. runs on. I don't even know why we loved it so much, but we just used to watch that over and over again. I, know, I loved it. Weird? it. It's weird. It's insane. It? And also, another <laughs> really thing we loved is the train, the speeded up train. Just imagine the, the joy they had whizzing around the, the mines. Like, oh, let's go again. It's yeah, so it's cute. cute. Now, we should say the location filming in Wookiee Hole is really good, isn't it? Really I mean, good. They made absolutely the most of that space. It's not that amazing. Well, sorry, no, it's not bad when you get in there, but they did really well with it. Yeah. I went recently again, well, at least two years ago with John, just to, you know, oh, yeah. so he could see it. And yeah, it's so amazing. It really is. It It's just so, it feels like they've preserved a Doctor Who set for you to visit. It's just, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, wow, we're going to Voga today. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like astonishing that you can. That is pretty cool because you don't tend to get bright lights in most Doctor Who locations. Like I do like that the, all the the cool bright lights and the the way they've kind of set it all up in there is pretty yeah. special. Yeah, but um, it reminded Christy of Selena Turda. Yes. Oh, did it? It's just for you. Oh, amazing. Yes. Oh. Yeah, no, so, and of course, you always have to mention the Mark Gatiss script about um. The, yes, the, in League, League of Gentlemen. Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that day. <laughs> the look on his face. <laughs> if you look up there, you can see the brim of Orinoco's hat. <laughs> the one. <laughs> we stay in single file, we'll make our way into the main cavern. I do think it's worth pointing out that Red Scar were served with a council notice ordering them to replace 115 yards of faulty wiring. Put it this way. I wouldn't like to get caught down there in a thunderstorm and no amount of trilobites in perspex or stegosaurus-shaped pencil tops is going to change that. <laughs> oh, this particular cavern may already be familiar to you from its countless appearances on the small screen. In 1974, you couldn't move down here for Cybermen. <laughs> In fact, there was a rather amusing incident in which Tom Baker sprained his ankle on that rock there. This goes to show how easily accidents happen. <laughs> yes, we've had all the celebrities down here, including the late Don Henderson of Bullman fame. The Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> in an episode set in Barry's secret lemonade factory. <laughs> And Michael Burke and the 9990. <laughs> Glorious. I, I think that's the first time I realised that he was a Doctor Who fan from oh, that really? script. I guess probably that's for, I don't know, maybe a lot of people already knew them, but I had no idea. But it was just, yes, it... to me, to see that League of Gentlemen, and I was like, oh, so exciting. But now I go to the Peak District. I mean, if I go to caves, like we went on holiday, didn't we, to the caves in the Peak District once. Yes, we um, did. You just can't take people cave guides seriously now because of that can you? you just can't because they are so like that it's just no all i'm picturing now is that horrific um cave 
tour that we went on in the Peak District. Oh, with Iona crying all the way. <laughs> the one we were in a boat in a cave where basically the, the acoustics were so perfectly placed for Iona scream to basically deafen everyone in the boat. And she didn't let up for a second. <laughs> for 20 it minutes. Awful. Absolutely awful. And we're all oh. pretending it was okay, but we're all like, <laughs> we destroyed these people's visit and they'll want their money back. <laughs> That was, speed, that was Speedwell Cavern, that was. That's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've Funny. not been down a, a cave since, but um, I not. think she probably wouldn't cry so much next time. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I like the little boats. Don't you like the boats? The little skimmers? I love a boat. They're the ones that just kneel on them. So, yes. so did Liz Sladen have an accident? She did. She did. She? she did. She had an accident. She did. She did. And yes. I mean, in the book, but also on the DVD, it's talked about a lot. It's the curse of Wookie Hole and the fact that they dressed the witch stalagmite up in stuff in witch's costume, and then all the bad things happened, but including her nearly drowning. But um, I don't know. Oh, I gosh. think yes, it's all in the book. <laughs> okay, I really should he, read that book. He puts it down to having found arrowheads in the ground um, while he was wrecking the site and having taken them away, and he. He eventually binned them after production because he felt they were just bringing in bad luck and caused loads of trouble on the production and stuff. Yeah. Yes. I think it's rubbish. Um, That's a bit like me yes. binning my Mr. Sin head. Do you know I remember? Do you remember that? No. You could get those miniature heads of different Doctor Who monsters for a while. And I bought the Mr. Sin one because he's always been my most favourite scary Doctor Who monster. But then I started yeah. to believe it was cursed and I would feel really yeah. scared of it and feel like bad things would happen. And eventually I just put it in a in a sock and put it in the bin. Oh, that's weird. It's too I don't, scary. Because you and Anna are always a little bit more... Like, I mean, obviously Anna's very kind of on the... Hmm. Believes in shit out there. But there yeah. is a bit of... I remember that on that like, long-running kind of feud that you two had where you put runes in each other's beds to <laughs> each other out that was so weird I couldn't even work it out it's like, Anna started that one though she got those bloody bits of wood with carvings on them and put them in my bed in a weird arrangement <laughs> oh my god she'll deny it as well she'll listen to this Anna you did do that don't deny it <laughs> both of you out like it was I don't think it freaked her out because brilliant. I think I just did it back to her and she's like I don't care because I started it I don't think she was <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had to retaliate though yeah that's the, that was our relationship yeah so it's a bit like the stop sign wall which she doesn't remember which is we had these stop signs on the on the wall on our doors where you could put little messages you could hook little messages on them do you remember them oh I and do remember them yes yeah, and I ripped hers. She ripped her, mine off my door, and I ripped off hers off her door. And like, like that was the start of a huge war. And in, <laughs> in, in my 1986 Doctor Who diary, it's it's catalog. It's it's actually, you know, it's catalogued. A catalog, oh. whatever. Yes, it went on for days. It was one Christmas. Yeah, it just es- it es- see, it, I, that, yeah, es- I... that escalated quickly. <laughs> I don't have memories of like I. I now you've told me like yeah it's it rings bells but i i definitely kind of look back on the kind of that time in our lives as 
where everyone was just quite nice to each other. I do forget <laughs> that there was proper like feuding shit going on because I think I was quite kind of removed from all of that. I like I don't think I was really involved. And we had good times watch. as well. We had all our stamp sales and all the other things we did. Oh yeah. But there were yeah, times no, where definitely. Anna and I would fight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it makes me feel better about my kids. That's all. Like because I just see them oh, right. try and kill each other regularly, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's normal. Okay, at least. They... <laughs> Yes. Yes. Hello, Big Sister Anna here with another interesting fact. Did you know that one of the lines the doctor said about the cyber leader was cut in the final script? It was originally, I thought for a moment he was going to smile, the great tinned ham. Bye! I want to ask you something else because that was at Stafford the runes things happened where we first watched Revenge together. But yes, um, do you remember yes, when we used to play that game when we had about ten videos I think by then. So we had the war mm-hmm. games, we had Spearhead, we had quite a few others by then, maybe fifteen even. And do you remember how we somehow covered the video boxes and then did this sort of route around them, a board game on the floor in the front room, and <gasps> you take a video out and you put it in the machine, but the cover the stickers were covered so you didn't know what one it was and you'd play it and it wasn't till the story title came up on the screen on the video that you saw which one it was and, it and then did we watch the whole thing or what was it no for? just it was just to see which one it was yeah and oh it was something wow about guessing which one it was you say i think it's going to be spearhead and you put it on and it'd be the right title credit it's like yeah it's spearhead i won your games were always so brilliant inventive that's so cool i do remember a board like i do yeah, like we were it. moving I, around the, these yes. squares around the videotapes which were in yeah in boxes without yes. covers on them so we could they were just turned inside out so you didn't know what it was yeah. but there was it was it was problematic because there were some boxes that you knew what they looked like they're like one had a slightly broken bit off it and <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. or you'd know the price tag you know the like the 999 yes sticker and stuff yes yes um, anyway that was something so i feel like we need to share more about well, i guess to me I, i'm just remembering how much we loved it and i don't know if we've conveyed to oh no this, no this but... is a really good point i think what it's important to say is we've we've recognized all these holes in it but we absolutely loved it and still love it yeah it's just and i, I have so been much this about overjoyed. it so long watching a classic it's so good yeah it's so many elements to it it's because it's because there's so many different places you're moving between and there's well-drawn characters even though there's problems with some of the characters and some of it's a bit one note and yeah but it's it's interesting i think it's just because it keeps going it's actually because it's actually there's a lot of action and there's always something new happening whether it's a cybermat yeah. attack, whether it's a transmat beam, whether it's um, a gunfight, whether it's going on a boat. Um, yeah. There's loads of things happening all the time. It, it's never just this one thing that we're trying to foil. It's like, there's this, and, oh, and then there's this, and oh, we've got this happening now. And yeah, there is, there's always a new issue every time. And all of the, um, all of the climax, um, the climaxes, that's not the word, cliffhangers. Yeah. Kind of the climax. 
um, they are all really good ones. Like, they when are, she's and I, watching that video, you're like, oh, I think it's don't of... watch a video, bad shit will happen. <laughs> but the thing is, because we were first watched it as a compilation, um, the second cliffhanger wasn't one I remembered, or was it the third? The one where Harry's trying to get his buckle off? And that's really oh. scary. It's amazing. Yes. But yes. it was never that amazing when we used to watch it because it was just part of the action. It was just... Yes, it just all ran on one from the but other. But it's a really but good I cliffhanger. I do remember that a loving one. that it is a good one. But just how happy I was when Tom Baker exclaimed that was just so... I think it just... It, to me, it was like the Doctor had just sworn... Harry Sullivan is an imbecile! Yeah, it just—it was just like, oh my god, he's just said naughty words, and it just mm. felt just brilliant. It—it it really just felt like a big release that that the guy that I thought was the most amazing thing in the world had said something that was really quite naughty about one of his friends, and it just, yeah, it just stuck with me so much. It just too much joy from that one. Mm. Um, I love the side men. I like—I know that we are supposed to feel like they don't do enough, and again, there's so many flaws with them, but. They they were a good foe, I think, in this. Like I love yeah. the kind of throwaway comments where they're just like, oh, no, of course they'll explode as soon as they get into the red zone. And they're just <laughs> like, yeah, it just it just was really um I love that they're having those kind of snidey little side chats where you can they're almost kind of giggling to each other. So I guess yeah, of course yeah, they're yeah. gonna die twats. I um, also thought the direction the direction was really good. Like when they first come out of the airlock, they look huge because they have to duck to get through the airlock. So they look really huge and scary when they mm. arrive. And it's like the doctor's like, "No good." He runs away, you know. And and you think, "No, run away as well." They're really dangerous, you know. Yes, I, I did think, think that, the doctor yeah. was a little bit naughty then because he knows the Cybermen and he doesn't say at any point to the two dudes like. Actually, your guns aren't going to work. Let's just run away right now. <laughs> he just he just basically bombs it himself, and well, he doesn't really bomb it. He just kind of stalks off a little bit. It's just like just tell them they will die if they stay there. And really, if they hadn't got it set to stun, he would have actually killed his mates then. So it wasn't like great work from the doctor in that instance. No, oh, no. So can I tell you my another fame story? Well, it wouldn't be an episode if you didn't. Yes, exactly. So aside from Michael E. Bryant being a pal, um, when I was at university at Loughborough doing my dreaded, dreaded library and information degree, it's not a proper degree, people, um, I <laughs> lived in a set of flats, that, um, self-catering flats, and in the next block along was a guy studying sports science and his name it must be sports science because he was a jock he was kind of like a bit of a bonehead i thought <laughs> and he was called simeon robbie and on his wall was a picture of his dad who was the cyber leader oh how cool is that and when he came to even though i didn't know simeon i didn't really get on with him and didn't talk to him <laughs> even though that when his dad came to pick him up i intercepted his dad <laughs> Did you? I did! And talk to him about Revenge of the Cybermen. And the Mind oh, Robber, wow. because he also plays the carcass in the Mind Robber. You know, the um, superhero character that Zoe is paired with for a bit. Ah. So, what, what, what was the chat like? Was he, like, excited that you knew about yes, him? Yes, he was. He was excited. 
um oh. and it was really sweet yeah it was really nice it was just really odd I, but it was really a bit weird that i intercepted this other kid's father very proud of you <laughs> i think that's great it's not like dad was coming to visit anytime soon so <laughs> was exactly so I'm out, i'll take this dad instead he's a cyber leader yeah exactly we, we just stood yes. for a while while his son was packing things in the car and i don't think he'd stopped helping because he was talking to me about doctor who but it was really oh, good oh it's so lovely but yes, that was the day i met the cyber leader in loughborough of all places <laughs> i like that that's that's more understated than a lot of your I know someone story. Yeah, like I wasn't him. having lunch I like with him. Cuter. I just actually intercepted no. him. <laughs> like a, a little fanboy, which is even nicer. And you yeah. really w- would have made his day as well, which I think is yeah. adorable. So I was 22 at the time. Yes. Aww. Mm-hmm. So nice. Good work. I was about to have a child a year after that. Sorry, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I just think what you did when you were 22 and what I did when I was 22 is fucking mental. But yes, that's because I was a bit stupid. Um, yes, I do have fetlocks. <laughs> you can't call it. It's just who I am. Yeah. Oh, we haven't done it yet. Dressed for success. Oh my God. How did we miss that? Right. Go. Go. I'm gonna get dressed for success. Shaping me up for the big time, baby. Get dressed for success. Um, I love a khaki, a khaki suit <laughs> with a very high waist and um, that obviously chafes the bum. Did you see that bit where um, that guy is trying to pull it out of his bum crack? It's really fun. Um, who's the main commando on? The Stevenson. S- Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. Stevenson, um, just as they get in the bombs on, starts to try and pull his trousers out of his bum crack. It's quite lovely. <laughs> well, the thing is, he always has underwear problems because when he was in the seats of death, he had the baggy underwear, didn't he? <laughs> oh, that's him! Radner, oh my yeah. God! Yes. I wondered why he looked so very familiar. Of course it is. I do love him problems. as well. I, but I, I do <laughs> like him. Like he just, and also the other dude, Lister, is it, or Lester? Lester, yeah. Lester. Um, he, I, I just, I like them so very much and it may just be because they're in revenge. Yes. Um, but yeah, so their outfits just make me feel happy because they feel like they're wearing the right outfits. They should always wear those outfits and if you ever yeah. see them out of those outfits, they're wearing it's the wrong, wrong things. Yeah. Um, I think a, a camouflage pedal pusher with a very angry um, brown platform is just the perfect outfit <laughs> for anyone. It's 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 stunning. It really is. Yeah. Is it exactly the same as Genesis? It's the same outfit. Yes, time, but the weird it? thing is, because this was recorded first, I think. I think it was recorded before Genesis. So she, when she finds it in the locker, in the Carled bunker, she this is after she's worn it already ah, in the fence. It's I think. In. Yes. I might be wrong. Well, I think that's right. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, no, suits her wonderfully. Um, the doctor's in his proper gear. Love it when yes. the doctor wears his proper. I, mean, I still like him in his, his fancy gear too, but I just I love him looking all dishevelled and a bit trampy. It just yeah. it works for me. And then obviously we've got the brilliant the Rassilon seal with some very over. So actually, sorry, yeah, did they wear those outfits? Did the Gallifreyans wear those outfits, or did they just find the seals and stick? No, them they, on just just the seal. the they just used the seal. They just used the seal again. Okay. I'm not sure whether it's the same designer on Deadly Assassin. Roger Murray Leach designed it for Revenge of the Cybermen, but I don't know whether he just used it again on Deadly. 
Oh, so yeah. it might have been on Vogue first. Oh, it was definitely on Vogue first. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. No, oh. totally. That's why it's really funny that it becomes the Seal of Aslan because it's the first time it's used is on Vogue. Yeah. Ah, I so see. I'm so slow on these things. You need to explain things for the sorry. very silly people in the audience. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yes, yeah, so they're brilliant. Um, yeah. And I love the, um, the, the long dresses of you just can imagine that yeah you're right they have that kind of cheesecloth-y value to them that does bring them hippie-ishness but cheesecloth with a hint of gold which is just a very hard balance to strike but I think they do it marvellously um and yeah and that hair that hair is just it's it is wonderful it just any man who fires a gun and flicks their hair at the same time is oh I just it works wonderfully for me so the whole look was just stunning good so I've just checked. Roger Murray Leach was indeed the designer on both. So he just said, "Oh, I'll use that again on Gallifrey." Yes. Right. That's quite lazy, yeah. isn't it? I also want to mention something you haven't mentioned. I'm kind of a bit disappointed that you didn't mention it, actually, and and a bit For surprised and somewhat judgmental as well. And that is, <laughs> <laughs> and that is Sarah's red stripy socks. Haven't noticed. When she's tied up and she's got fetlocks like a car horse. you see a little little red and white striped socks yeah oh, you notice socks a lot i feel like it's been a lot of <laughs> sock commentary from you and i've really i've, I've not been on board with it so. i like to call it sock and tree sock and tree sock and tree you have nailed the sock and tree uh -huh. and i feel awed by your skin you good very good yeah um Yes. Yeah, I haven't got much more apart from I was just as it's as the as it started as they started to kind of close out. I just felt really super excited they were about to to go to Loch Ness. I just I really I felt such joy for them, like the way that like he comes out with that ticker tape and he's like, oh, the, the brigadier's got a message for me and we need to go immediately. And I just uh, I think yeah, the, just that story arc just gives me such joy because it's never like there's a dud they're about to go to. Each one is just as brilliant as the next. Yeah, and you're totally. just like, this, this joy never ends. It's, it's just too good. I agree wholeheartedly. Although I would say the dud comes in Planet of Evil. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. Which yeah, is no, after Zygons. I think that's where it, the good stuff stops. I mean, it's still good, but it's not yeah. on There's the no same arc. level. That's the no. problem. No arc. No arc and no Harry. I'm amazed how much I love Harry, actually. I think he, I, yeah. I used to dislike him a little bit just because he was a little bit of a fool. But, I mean, that's his thing. And he just, he does it so well. And he just, he really has carved out a character for himself. It's, oh, it's lovely. Totally. Yeah. I think it, um, the three of them, I think it's the commitment of, of the three actors playing the leads that really just makes, they, they really show that they believe in it and they really commit to it. And I think that's one of the main reasons why Revenge works, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I think you, you're very right. That they, in, in like I think in some of our commentaries, like we've really felt like the doctors sometimes a bit superfluous to what's going on. Definitely, you know, Colin Baker's useless, and Sylvester McCoy. I think he needn't been there. I think the Silver Nemesis. You really didn't add anything to the plot. And I think actually there was a Patrick Chapman recently. We were like, oh, actually we didn't need him there either. But they were so essential. All three of them made made this story amazing. So. Every, 
the supporting characters really were just supporting. They were supporting our three heroes. Yeah. Utterly amazing. Like, yes. They really, they were all able to shine in different ways. And yeah, no, it just, they, they took us through the plot with, with that kind of care and consideration that they have for each other. Oh, it was, it was lovely. Agreed. So it's it's top marks from us, isn't it? We love it, and we Absolutely, always will. Absolutely, hundred percent. And I'm amazed that anyone would say anything against it. Christy, can I just have an update from you? Because you've ten, you have fallen out of love with Classic Who quite a lot. Um, what would you say about this last one that you watched last night? Interesting. Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, no, compared to like some of the others you've seen, was there any pleasure from? Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm giving you the microphone here. Um, what's interesting, the costumes. The costumes? Yes. Is that all that you've got for me? And what the about plot. the plot? The plot. That's pretty good. You did. You actually enjoyed it, didn't you? Yes, I did. Did you really? Yeah. Oh my god, he actually enjoyed it. I think people <laughs> need to meet Christy to understand how absolutely overwhelming that praise is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he actually quite liked it. He, did, he didn't fall asleep, he was engaged. At some points he put his phone down. Wow. So, really, he was so very engaged. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, yes, from a bystander, it's not just me with my history of love for this. Christy got a, a real normal amount of pleasure from this, which is Excellent. quite nice. Good yeah. work. So, the panel agrees that this is a very good Doctor Who story and by no means a low point in Tom Baker's tenure at all. Rubbish. But it also will have always have a special place in our hearts because of the importance of those Doctor Who videos that we watched again and again and again. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Do, oh, have one, you actually got yeah, the what? old? Have you got the video? I've got the not? sleeve, but I haven't got the rest of it. Oh, I, bet, I just imagine it wouldn't even play anymore. It would just be too. Well, it won't now because it was on a tip three hundred years ago. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but do you remember what we used to have to do with the videos to rewind them after a while? Yes, I fucking do. My <laughs> bloody wrist used to get wrist. broken. <laughs> so we had, we had this video, we top loading, top loader video, and after a while the rewind mechanism was faulty, and the only way we could rewind any video was to hit the top repeatedly for ages, wasn't it? Oh, it took about two hours to rewind a video. Yeah. And oh, it was awful. So I remember the pain if you, yeah. if you went to the video shop. And you got a video and someone had forgotten to rewind it for you. And you're like, shit, we actually can't watch this tonight. We have yeah. to spend the next three hours banging the top of the video player. We might be able to watch it tomorrow, but we've got to take it back. And we're supposed to take it back rewound. I remember we tried generally to rewind it before we took stuff back to the video shop. But sometimes but often we, we didn't. We're like, notice. well, actually, no, we can't do this. Yeah. yeah, if they knew the pain that it caused, the blood blisters that it caused, it was just insane. Oh no, honestly, it was. We literally had aching wrists for two years because of that video. <laughs> Eighty-eight to ninety, it was just like until I got a new video, and that was just a nightmare, wasn't it? Do you remember when we got the new video and it started just rewound without anything? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's rewinding! Just look at each other like what? <laughs> Absolute luxury, it really did. <laughs> but 
But that, it still felt like luxury to have a video recorder. I remember it was you, wasn't it? You'd went out and bought it because... Well, yeah, like, it's like it when I bought the Square Reel for BSB else. as well. I mean, it's like, oh, really... Oh, I was so pleased when you did that. Yeah. But yeah, you were very good. There was yeah. nothing that got in the way of you and Doctor, Doctor Who possibilities, Who. wasn't no, it? No, exactly. Yeah. It's like, this was happening. <sighs> well, we haven't done a Hall of Fame yet. Okay, so I think there should be the Doctor, Sarah and Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that they're not allowed, really, are they? But they're really very good. Okay, Margaret. Margaret. Cyber controller. Yeah. Kelman. Yeah. Okay, now we really should have Boris in there, shouldn't we? Um, what about uh, Stevenson no, and, and Lester? Rude. I know, I like them both. And Welsh dude that we're now going to say is West Country, but really wasn't. It was. Um, um, so who who do you think would win, though? Who would you predict would win? Um, I think it would be Kelman. I don't know. I think, I think it would be Kelman, probably. Boris is very unlikable. Kelman, yeah. yeah, I mean, he does his job well. Yeah, that probably would be Kelman, but he's just, yeah, he still makes me feel too sick to imagine that that's possible. But yeah, he's, yeah, the reason he makes me feel sick is because he did a good job, I guess. Tell you something I, surpri- I was surprised about about Kelman this time was his hair used to really upset me, just the way it, yes. it was kind of like slightly combed over and wrong. But I didn't think it was as bad this time. It's weird. No, it was absolutely fine. Yes. We really used to hate some really weird things, things that weren't even like generally annoying to other people we just obsess over them like yeah. King Wilde's heels and stuff <laughs> oh my god what how do they do that horrific thing yeah. but it really was just we had quite a warped perception yes. it was just a very clear view of what was okay and what wasn't that was weird wasn't it I was like well there's nothing wrong with his hair I mean it's slightly no. a bit you know it's, it's not my favourite hairstyle but yeah generally yeah. it's absolutely fine there's nothing wrong yeah. with it and I'm like I used to completely talk about that with you for ages <laughs> yes anyway yes you were odd yes so we have some people and actually to be honest it doesn't matter what I say right now you'll just put some randoms in there and one that's probably sexually motivated at some point with some kind of dodgy title that's who <laughs> will end up in the hall of fame <laughs> Well, did you see what the Terror of the Vervoids one? Did you vote or not vote? No, I don't think I even saw it. I'm sorry. I don't... Wow. Because what I did was what? I did the um, the quotes. I did quotes. Did you not see it? <gasps> no, I really didn't see that. Oh. So rude. Oh, that's um, a really good idea. What one? Okay. Most blinded by professional vanity, I'm hoping. Yes, but yes. I changed it. Yes. I changed it. I can't remember exactly how I changed it. I don't remember. Was it hilarious? It was so funny. All of the Good. internet laughed. Did they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we need to do a shout out to some people. Yes, go. But I need you to help me because I don't know what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> you name them and then I'll join in. <laughs> okay. They're English and they do a podcast. Are you talking about uh, Tim? Oh, shitcoms. The great bit of shitcom. Oh, uh, them. Yeah, no, I don't know what they're called. And I haven't reviewed it yet. That's bad, isn't it? That's really bad. I've I been busy. do that, sweetie. I've been busy, the Great sweetie. British shitcom. I enjoyed them greatly. And they are English and therefore their voices are palatable. And it was good. Excellent. There we go. 
I also want to say yeah, hello to so. Tim at Doctor Who Podcasters. I think he's called Tim at Doctor Who Missing Episodes Podcast now. I think he's slightly changed his name. But um, okay. him? Yes. Yes. Who yes, left us a lovely review. Chat. Have I read out that review oh, or thanks, not? Tim. I don't remember. I don't think so, but perhaps do, and then just inspire some people to read reviews. Uh, honestly, I, I felt feared for my life from reading, From I listened to the Doctor Who, sorry, the Great British Shitcom guys, and they just got so angry about people who didn't leave reviews, it was hilarious. I <laughs> the guy who got really angry, they were like, have you ever left a re- review? He's like, no, <laughs> but everyone else should. <laughs> it was just quite funny. Um, but yes, um, just it's not that hard. Leave a review because just think of all the joy that you would be bringing to people's lives. They will suddenly find out about the fun, the fun that you have been able to experience. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just stay quiet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to read out Good. Tim's review. Fantastically fun. Brilliant, relaxed, irreverent and fun podcast full of unique observations. Keep up the good work, Alex and Andy. There you go. Oh, thanks, Tim. Yes, like that, please, everyone. If you could just yeah. do, a, you know, just get a thesaurus. Just do a, a Pip and Jane. Get a thesaurus, change out Pip the and words Jane. a bit. Pip and Jane. Leave the same one. That would be amazing. Yes. Good. Yes. So we're grateful. Yes. Thank you, Tim. Right. I need to go. I have to work in the morning. You oh, guys. Right. See, you I've decided I'm not down. working this week because because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I finished writing my first draft of my book last week and I'm not doing anything this week at all other than sit here. So that's the but thing. well done though. Thank first you. draft winner. Yes. I feel that's I need impressive. a celebratory lazy week. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do a jigsaw. Okay. I feel like to Yes. I hope you don't get fragmentised. I shall not. I might get cybertised. Yes. Good. Good work. Okay. That's all from us at World Enough and Time. I have been Andy. And I'm always Alex. Thank you. Bye. Bye.